This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Everything is awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And we are continuing our 2018 Philadelphia Podcast Festival celebrations. We will be doing that for most of the month. I think for this month we have two episodes that are outside of that. But for now, we are celebrating that festival that kicks off on June 22nd at Good Good Comedy, continues all weekend long through the 23rd and 24th at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, Tattooed Moms, and some other venues, and then goes right through on to the next weekend on June 30th and July 1st at Tattooed Mom and select other venues. The complete schedule is at phillypodfest.com slash schedule. Before we get to this week's show, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at RealAwesomePod. You can follow me on Twitter at ThatNerdyKev where I do most of my tweeting and whatnot and, and real interaction. You can also find us on AwesomePodcast.com. We are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network on Core Temp Arts And of course you can support us in a mega amount of ways. Okay, it's only three. But you can support us by going to patreon.com slash that entertains. That Patreon is a subscription service, ongoing Kickstarter, if you will. Your subscription dollars get you early access, exclusive content, and things like that. We are working on getting it revamped. I'm working with some of the other podcasts on the That Entertains Podcast Network. And you're going to get things like podcasts early from the network, including Everything is Awesome, because that is a That's Entertainment production. You are going to get things that we put out on That Entertains early as well, so that whether it be our comic book reviews, our news articles, uh, our opinion pieces our videos that we're going to be hopefully kicking up in the winter of 2018 or early 2019 and things like that all that stuff anything that that gets put on that entertains.com which includes awesomepodcast.com will come at you on that patreon there Uh, and that just helps cover some hosting fees and have a nice little emergency fund for all the different podcasts and content creators on that entertains uh, that's entertainment, if you will. Uh, and of course, you can also support us without money uh, if, if times are tough or whatever. Uh, we totally get it. And we all we ask is that you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes because that means more people will find the show easily. And that means more people are listening. And that means we can do cooler and better things like live shows and stuff. And of course, word-of-mouth recommendations. You're in a car. You're in a two-hour car ride with somebody. Hey, throw us on. And uh, say, hey, this is an awesome podcast. It's literally in the title. All right. This week's guest uh, is Jared Axelrod. She is a wonderful creator, storyteller. She's hosts and 
edits and writes and uh, I think pretty much does almost every detail that you can think of. I'm sure there's, you know, aside from the acting, she has a wonderful cast of actors that come on the voice of Free Planet X and it's 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 an, an amazing audio drama um second week uh or second episode in a row where we have someone who's working on an audio drama uh dave Steele, jared axelrod and these people are truly truly inspiring after talking with dave and after talking with jared i i 100 uh, am inspired to start working on my uh, own audio drama and have the outline done and and um and, and slowly working towards the scripting phases and stuff like that so so i'm really excited for this we have an awesome conversation jared she has wonderful um storytelling slash writing exercises that uh we get into like right off the top and i don't even know if if it's the intent is to be an exercise but um that's what i took away from it is like hey this is a great way to like exercise my storytelling skills and whatnot so with all that being said let's get to the show and speak with the one the only miss jared axelrod <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. Things are good. Um I saw um I was I was uh on Twitter uh while I was waiting for my kids to fall asleep and uh, I like I don't know when you posted it. I guess it was within the last couple of hours because it was it was in near the top of the uh feed. But you started creating uh what's that superhero game app? Oh, yes. Um well, I, I don't want to play it. Yeah, I don't want to buzz market them because it's not a very good game. But... Oh, yeah, no, it's it's awful. <laughs> but it's... I've been sick for like the past week. Okay. And so when you're lying in bed and not doing anything of any sort of importance and then you see the ad pop up and you're like, oh, that looks like action figures fighting each other. Oh, that sounds fun. And <laughs> so I started it and started playing and... Being the person that I am, um, while it's fun to wa- have these action figures fighting each other, I kept wondering what the people were like and what kind of relationships they were having in addition to the team-ups that I was making them do in order to fight each other. And so it's gotten into this big thing with... Um, one of the characters who's like the evil medic who's like a ninja witch and so now what kind of person is a ninja witch we're experiencing technical difficulties please stand by go on uh start over with the story absolutely so i was sick uh for the past couple days and i was lying in bed and i saw the ad for this mobile game that's just action figures fighting each other, essentially. And being the person who I am, I couldn't help but imagine who these characters were when they weren't getting onto teams and fighting each other. And 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 more and, and we have to point out it's not, like it's not the mainstream characters. Uh, at least no. it was the, Well, the, the, here's the, the thing. The mainstream okay. characters are boring. Like I know their stories. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um so my my favorite character uh and the one I'm always putting on the team is like the evil medic who's like yeah, this yeah. ninja witch. And of course, when you have a character like that who uses dark magic to heal people and will also knee you in the face, 
I that's a character that I can get behind and I can sink my teeth into her. Who who is that? What is she like? What were her past girlfriends? I'm, there's a lot of rage <laughs> issues going on here. So what's happening there? And then you get a a young upstart government agent, clearly fresh out of the academy. I'm sure there's sparks <laughs> there. I'm sure there's a connection and excitement. It's, I was reading it, and I was like, and and, and as you describe it in, uh, you know, with your voice now, it's like, it, I feel like it. This needs to be whether it's like a comic or uh, a, a, an audio drama or or just a story written out there, like a fan fiction story for this video game. Uh, it needs to like, I just love it more hearing like the the passion in your voice. For it. Well, and it's taken over how I see the established characters, too, now, because there's uh, Jessica Jones, who's there with her biker jacket and her motorcycle boots. And it's like, oh, a shady character from my ninja witch's past, of course. (laughs) And then you have uh, another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and is like, "Ah, I bet that's the girl that uh, Abby knew in the academy who was in the closet the whole time. And so it's totally taken over and to the fact that I don't like using the the regular characters now because that interferes with my story times <laughs> oh my god that's and and I like I had to delete the app from my phone because it is just it's like after I don't know maybe uh, 20 minutes of it it's just the same thing over and over oh again. sure and I had some games they can capture my imagination even while they do that. Uh, and maybe if I was playing the way you were playing, I was using all like whatever who whoever was the the highest rated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess maybe maybe you made all these like non mainstream characters your main people and, and and they were your best fighters. But I always just made the named characters my best fighters, assuming that's what you're supposed to do. I love your take on it. Well, it's certainly amusing me while I do it. Um, I will say that. Uh, but also part of that is I wanted to have a team of all women, which is okay. really hard in that game. Yeah, but I yeah. wanted to do it anyway. And I took it then as a challenge. Yeah. Um, so characters like the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent with the very short, uh, tight hair, maybe I wouldn't have picked to use normally. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, another woman. Great. Put her on the team. Let's let's uh, amp her up so that she's a level 37. Let's do this. And yeah. uh, and then yeah. she became integral, which meant, of course, <laughs> that she had a relationship with the ninja witch. There and they had, a, they had a whole thing. Of course. Of course. Uh, it, it puts... Uh... I, and I, I feel like ashamed as a storyteller myself. Like I've never thought to like play games in that way of like, Hey, let's just like do something completely opposite of what I would, I would normally do at least. And, and uh, like generate i st- I'm a bad storyteller is what it, this has proven to me is like, I need, I'm so traditional. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't just say, Hey, play with the non mainstream characters and tell a story while you play this very boring game. I mean, you know, we all have different reactions to very boring stimuli. Uh, yeah. Some people make up their own stories and other people are like, why am I wasting my time? Yeah, yeah I just delete it and then I find the next boring game. Like, oh, there you go. Uh, like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Alive. That's like, that's my current boring game that I'm playing. Uh, but no, that's this is a good segue because, that, that you know, um, I, I guess I would call you a, a storyteller first before podcaster because you've done so much across different mediums it's Um, true i'm a bit of a medium gadfly um i really 
just try it all. And and we should say, um, so that we can get uh, this out uh, at the top of the show as well as the bottom of the show, one of the reasons we're talking, and we've been try- we tried to make this happen last year, but one of the reasons we're talking is to help promote the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, which uh, uh, you are, is now what, how many, because I think you've been doing your show longer than I've been doing this show. Um, how long have you, like, what number podcast festival is this for you? This is the third Philadelphia podcast festival. I have been podcasting for 12 years. Oh my God. You beat me. You're the first person. I'm, I'll be in this in, in less than a month. I'll be 11 years. Oh, wow. Nice. I can't believe there's someone that, that I now know that's been doing it longer. So and now we need to go to, to, so, okay. Before we go to, to that origin story, yes. let us uh, get the quick plug out. Uh, Podcast Festival, your third year. It's actually my third year too. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, y- you do um, quick uh, plug about Voice of Free Planet X, yes. what that show's about, and also uh, your Philly uh, Podfest show. Right. So the Voice of Free Planet X is uh, the tagline is true stories of fictional people. And what it is, is it's a fake interview show. So it's a, like a This American Life NPR style interview show, but it's with done with actors and scripts and sometimes improvisational stuff. And I interview um, robots and aliens <laughs> and wizards and monsters and just all sorts of creatures from science fiction and fantasy worlds. There's a, a great episode that I like about a support group for stranded time travelers. That's amazing. Uh, there's an interview with like the first AI and how does how do they feel about being created and what does that mean? Um, there's all sorts of stuff. And then uh, the uh, show we're doing this year is an interview with Lucifer, who is the morning star. Um, so the devil who has yes. been a recurring character in the show because he is a co-worker with my wife in the fiction of the show because she works in hell. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, and I, um, I, I need to, I, I guess I really should save all my questions for this show when I want to talk about this show. Cause there's so much you've opened up so many boxes. I don't know where to go. <laughs> there's a lot. There's in fact, I knew the, the mythology of the show has gotten, a little dense, not very dense. It's not Game of Thrones or anything, but yeah. it's it's a little dense. So uh, I just did a live episode of Balticon that kind of explains everything okay. and lays okay. it all out there because what what I've done and whether this was a good idea or not is up for debate. But there is a meta narrative running through the episodes and some episodes. <coughs> excuse me, still got that cough. Yeah, not a problem. Some episodes are self-contained, and uh, you can listen to it going in, and other episodes um, have a little bit of this overarching thread, and some episodes are definitely, this is something that you need to have listened to other ones for going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only, like, 26 episodes, so it's not like that's a huge uh, problem if you wanted to do that. Of the new, of the meta thing, because I did say I've been doing this for 12 years and there were other podcasts doing that. Okay. So, uh, so, oh my God, I don't know where to go. Let's start with the origin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's start with the origin. Uh, You are part of the opening weekend though, right? For uh, Podcast Fest on, because you're at, uh, are you at Amalgam this year? 
I am, and I'm so excited because I love Amalgam. It's uh, one of my favorite Philly businesses, so I'm over the moon that we get to be there. I asked to be there last year, and they uh, told me no. Uh, which is strange because it does feel like your show has a better fit there than um, than Tattooed Mom. We had fun uh, at Tattooed Moms, though. Uh, it's been really fun to like do with the live shows, and I try to do this, is to have like a very site-specific feel to them. Yes. Um, so with when we were at Tattooed Moms, that was a lot of fun because we could make tater tots jokes, and yeah. we uh, uh, played on the name because there was a, a shift in the time stream. Mm-hmm. During the show, so originally it was apparently Tattooed Dads, but then time was altered, so now it's Tattooed Moms. And so there's fun to be had, and we had fun, uh, but I'm super excited about being at Amalgam and uh, having the devil there. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, It's I've... I've been lucky enough to perform at uh, at both uh, Tattoo Mom and, and Amalgam. And uh, Amalgam, when you have the right show for that venue, uh, it's such a fine time. Like I, I did a I did my late night version of the show uh, there once, and it was good. Like we had a, everyone had a lot of fun, but there weren't many people that came out to it because why would you go to a comic book store to, to watch a late night show? Uh, but when we did, um, I had Jeff Stormer on to run a game for us. Jeff for is great. I love Jeff. He's one of my favorite people in general, let alone podcasters. Um, and and I, I've you've done a couple, one or two episodes of his podcast, right? I've done two. Uh, yeah. I got to play in a game where that he run that was written by uh, Russell Collins, who plays Lucifer is the Morning Star on my show. So that's oh, a nice little coming circle there. Yeah, he wrote a game called Tears of the Machine that's absolutely wonderful. Oh my God, that's, uh, okay. Oh, that's such a, that was like, um, uh, uh, that run that he did with Tears of the Machine like, was so, so epic. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was such a good um, storyline. And that game sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, yeah and then, and then yeah. I did the Superman episode. Yeah, which, I love that one. Which was uh, me running a game for Jeff, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed that one too. But um, we we went I went on some. Oh, so for my 100th episode, I wanted to do something different, uh, and that was let's play like an, an actual play RPG, and we brought in a bunch of like improv people uh and uh and jeff ran his um the game that he designed uh he did a beta test of it nice. uh, mission accomplished and it was such a fun time a lot of people came out for it and uh just it was a fun overall feeling and and i i have to put that mainly on on jeff's shoulders for making that episode such a success because uh he he had to do all the preparation i just had to show up and say this is my show uh this is episode 100 and now let's go to jeff uh and he did all the work um but yeah amalgam is such a great great space and and obviously like um what ariel is doing with you know as far as like a, a business owner and and you know it's more than just a comic book store there it's it's, it's pretty good yeah we're always happy to uh, to support them and buy stuff from them and just go there as a comic book store because it's great yeah 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 um so let's uh and you're so that's june 23rd uh mm-hmm. what's your time slot 4 p.m 4 p.m. So yeah, a nice th- afternoon show. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Uh, if you saw last year's show, you may remember that we had two actors in alien makeup to play yes. aliens. Yes. And yes. we're planning. I hope this is still going to work out. And it should that we're going to have some actors in demon makeup this time oh, to yeah. play demons. Naturally. It's- 
it is uh that's so exciting i i'm uh it's it's a shame because i uh talking to to nathan about the podcast <laughs> festival he uh he asked me about like helping out running some things at tattooed mom uh over for two days and i was like oh man last time we talked so much has come up like i have a wedding the weekend of the first oh, like, the first weekend that i have to go to um and, and i'm staying overnight so like i'm missing the whole first weekend of the festival and the uh, honestly excuse me uh the the amalgam venue uh which is o- this year they're only doing one day which is uh <coughs> is, is light duty for them yeah uh but like the amalgam the amalgam venue that one day on the 23rd is a strong lineup i'm really like i'm 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 really sad i'm missing that lineup of shows well you could just abandon all responsibilities and come see them I could, I could, but then I feel, I fear that I would no longer have a family. So, <laughs> uh, so, so I, I, I try, I've learned over the course uh, of a decade or so uh, uh, where priorities should be. Uh, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, uh, I would have done that, but uh, no more. So uh, now that we got some of the business out of the way, let's go to the origin point. Cause I, I save for like the big names like Kevin Smith and Adam Carolla and, and uh, some other guys that have been doing it for like 12 years now as well. Uh, I don't know any like um, what I would consider indie podcasters, Philadelphia podcasters that have been doing it longer than me until you. Until so, me. So let's get to the origin story um, uh, of you first of like what got you into wanting to do uh, storytelling and creative things. Oh, well, I've always wanted to do that. I mean, that's something that I've been doing my entire life. Um, And I was uh, trying to get uh, essentially noticed as a writer (laughs) at the time. Uh, And I had started a website with four friends of mine called 365 Tomorrows. That was uh, a new piece of flash fiction every day. And the plan was to do it for a year. Okay. And we did. I just want to point that out. We did. Okay, cool, cool. <clears throat> but it wasn't quite what I... It wasn't quite as uh, creatively fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of casting around for something new. And I've been friends with uh, Mer Lafferty, who is one of those titans of podcasting that she mentioned. She was recently inducted in the Podcasters Hall of Fame. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and she's been doing shows, uh, Dish Diggers Guide and, um, what is it, um, I Should Be Writing and all sorts of shows Yeah. since the beginning. And we've been friends. And so I was inspired by the stuff that she was doing. And it's like, I always loved radio theater as a kid. Uh, yeah. I used to listen to them on like old tapes of the shadow shows on camping trips and stuff. And so to get back into that and to have that element to use, to tell a story and use mi- sound effects and music and various things like that was really appealing to me. Um, so I started the original version of Voice of Free Planet X, which was not an interview show, which was me reading uh, short fiction. Some of it was from 365 Tomorrow. Some of it was written for the podcast um, and just have that uh, out there. And that was, that was really successful. Uh, I don't, 
and it was easy to be really successful at that time because there wasn't a lot of people doing a podcast in general and be that kind of fiction. So if you were looking for like a short burst of fiction rather than an audiobook or a long narrative, I was perfect. Um, So I, at the time it was pretty popular very quickly, which was really awesome. (coughs) Excuse me. And then I did that for a while and then took a, a break to do other writing, to do serious writing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Basically long form writing because I was just yeah. doing these short things. And I want to do long form writing. Um, and uh, I had a, a graphic novel published uh, that was written by me and illustrated by my friend Steve. It came out um, in 2005, I want to say. Okay. Maybe not. <laughs> around then okay yeah um no later than that anyway a few years ago yeah uh, a long time and, ago right and to to help promote that i did um some audio prequels so that here's was the story before the story uh, okay Me. and that and if you liked the podcast then you would want to go and get the uh graphic novel mm-hmm. and that was fun um and then uh, I kind of fell off podcasting again and then came back and tried to do Voice of Free Planet X the way I had been doing it. And it was not, I, I just didn't have anything there. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't feel right and it didn't feel exciting the way it did when I first started it. So I was kind yeah. of just experimenting at that point, looking for a new format. And I recorded like four episodes at once that were these uh fake interviews um one of which was completely improvised and the others were kind of a mix of script and improvisation Mm -hmm. and they were so so much fun and they were so great and i was like this is what i've been looking for this is what i wanted to do and doing a kind of fake npr show is what i wanted to do actually when i started podcasting but i didn't know how to do it like i didn't have uh friends who i didn't have enough friends who were actors <clears throat> I, I probably didn't even have the writing chops at the time to do that, uh, to tell these stories. So, um, yeah, so it was really exciting to kind of re get back to my original idea in a way that I, I didn't even realize until I started doing it again. It's like, this is what I wanted to do at the beginning. Um, and then to do it and to do it right uh, yeah. was really great. So so how long has it been the format that it's in and now that the faux interview form? Uh a couple years. Um cuz I I had to take I had to go on hiatus uh because of the birth of my daughter. Yes. Um That's so uh, there's like one episode last year and that was okay. the live show at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Oh wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it's uh kids uh tend to do like I I was podcasting pretty, pretty hard. Now, mind you, my shows have like this. Everything is awesome. has only been around for about two and a half years. Uh, I've had plenty of other shows that have come and gone uh, to very various thing. Wow. I can't talk tonight. Varying degrees of success. Uh, and, uh, but I stopped, I was doing two shows. I was doing my show, which was prior to everything is awesome. Everything I had been trained in um, and, and uh, trained doesn't, proper because there was no training um but was 
we mimicked our shows after like Matt and Huggy. If I don't know if you remember like 94 uh, one when they were free FM uh, after Stern left. No, no. Yeah. When Stern left uh, regular radio and went to, to um, satellite um, free FM had turned uh, or 94 one was, was lost the, the music and became an all talk radio station um, save for like maybe overnights and like a late night show. And that's where they still played rock music. Uh, and so your lineup was like, uh, who did they? Oh, I, um, David Lee Roth replaced Stern. Uh, so it was David Lee Roth in the mornings. I think Barsky came back uh, to Philly and and did uh, the morning show after that. Then you had Matt and Huggy in, in the, the mid afternoon uh, or early afternoon, and then you had the the afternoon drive with Kid Chris and whatnot. And Kid Chris is like, uh, I guess really stern. Um, partially was like the guy who made me want to do like some sort of radio talking, uh, but then eventually very quickly became Kid Chris for me, who was like my idol of, of radio in, in Philly. Um, but Matt and Huggy is who we formatted our two hour podcast after. Uh, and it was, it started off as like two guys sitting around talking uh, with each other. And then uh, our producer started chatting and then we brought a third guy, our fourth guy in. And, and that's what I did for God, like to, to, if I started in 2007 for five years uh, and then I took some time off when I had kids. I mean, seems reasonable. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, and, and we were doing, so I was doing two shows. I was doing happy hour, uh, was, was the, the show in like the 2012 era before, right before my son was born. Um, and, and, and it was just like that. I, I finally, uh, got it down to where it was just two people. Cause that made the most sense. Like mm. me and a co-host and then having guests on every now and then, uh, and just having like different segments, sports and, and music and, and whatever, whatever we wanted to talk about. Uh, but I was also co-hosting uh, my buddy's show called The Stabcast, uh, and one of them had to give. And 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 at the time, like I was seriously considering just retiring my show and staying with his because they they were making a move to like Sirius uh, or maybe Sirius XM. They were maybe they were already merged at that time. Uh, but like nothing ever came from it. I was like, listen, man, like I need to make a decision. And like I think for me to 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 dedicate my life to the Stabcast at this point doesn't make sense when I'm about to have a kid. So. Uh, so I gave up the Stabcast, did the happy hour show for like maybe another month or two. And then I think it took like three or four years off from podcasting uh, until like my kid was like, hey, what's all that equipment you had when he was four <laughs> years old? Uh, he's like, what's all that? And I was like, oh, let me show you, son. And like he's quickly became obsessed with the idea of podcasting to the point where I just have to get off my, my lazy butt now that he's six and like we need to get him a nice little desk in his room and, and I have an old mixer I don't use that I can give him. And, oh, nice. And like, yeah. So like he's really excited by the idea of having that in his room once like he has to do his part too, like clean it. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's that like my son and 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 to a lesser degree, my daughter uh, as well, when when she got a little older, uh, the, you know, my kids got me back into podcasting. The very thing that took me out, they brought me back in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I totally understand, like, hey, you got a kid. Uh, you got to take some time off. Yeah, well, absolutely, because uh, I'm the primary caregiver, um, mm-hmm. so I have to do that. Um, but oh. I, I think that now that she's getting a little older, I, I'll hopefully will be able to write some more scripts. Yeah. And then we can do uh, season three 
as I like to call it. Um, and uh, everyone at the live show at Balticon that just happened was very anxious to get more stuff. So <laughs> I need to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, ver- you know, the difference between uh, your interview show and my interview show is that there's a lot of preparation. I'm sure you have to do versus me saying, all right, I'm going to talk to this person, do literally no research uh, and just let the conversation happen naturally. Uh, so like, it's literally the complete opposite of your show uh, as far as preparation and, and whatnot. And, and even- there's a little more on the front end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even, I mean, honestly, like a little more on every end for your show, because <laughs> even my, even the back end, when I do the, when I do post-production, it's, oh, uh, all right, this makes sense. This makes sense. Oh, I got to cut this little thing here and there out. And uh, okay, sounds level. Let's go and uh, produce it. So like, the, if we sit here and talk for an hour, it may take me an hour and a half to edit this episode. So uh, it's, it's very, and, and that's just because I re-listen to it while I edit it. And then the, the actual, you know, the editing process might take me 30 minutes. Uh, so yeah, no, I do a lot. Like, there's a lot of times where I have to take a beautifully recorded uh, vocal track that's done at my home and make it sound uh, distorted, like we were recording outside with a bunch of uh, random noise and uh, footsteps and gravel crunching and bird sounds and oh, all God. this stuff, um, just to make it sound like it's found audio as opposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff that was recorded and I love doing that. I, I, it's so much fun and I enjoy it, but yes, it is work. It is definitely work. It's, and it's nuts that you have like that pristine audio that, that podcasters like me, like, Oh, thank God we got that so clean. And then you go and like, you just muck it up with, uh, with, with random noises in the background. Oh yeah. I've layered so many wind sounds over just pristine, beautiful recordings. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's as a, as a guy who who does his best to uh, with with the the literally I have in the in the eleven years I've been doing this now have done nothing for formal training. I've just self taught myself everything. Uh, it, it's it's it, I can't imagine ever taking this clean audio and saying, <laughs> "All right, time to put wind in the background." <laughs> Especially well, like <laughs> you know, I mean, it helps that I had a vision, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. it's like I knew what I was going to do to it when we recorded it. So yeah. it's not like I just had a bunch of recordings like, well, how can I mess this up? <laughs> there, there's uh, a story that I'm very, there's a very particular story and a very particular feeling I'm trying to evoke. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, but it is weird. It is weird. Like yeah. um, we did a, a crossover episode with the hidden almanac, which is done by my good friends, Ursula Vernon and Kevin Sonny. And so we recorded in their space and they have even nicer mics than I do, which is great. The sound was beautiful and clear and perfect. And I was like, okay, now I have to mess this up to make it sound like we drove there and there's car noises and that this was recorded on the fly in the car and there's the car door slam and all this stuff. Uh, it's every now and then I'll record uh, with my my Apple earbuds and the microphone. It's just direct, like a lot of times that's how I do my my pre intros and my post uh, outros is I'll just do them on my phone because for the most part uh, it sounds just as good as my blue snowball. Like I mean, someone probably like yourself and and now I'm starting to get there where I can hear the difference. Uh, a lot of people, you know, that that are podcasters will hear that difference, but the common listener I don't think would. Uh, right, there's a level I, of quality yeah. that it 
becomes a barrier to entry if you're not hitting. Like, yeah. oh, that sounds horrible. I don't want to listen to it anymore. But once mm-hmm. you're over that, you can get clearer. We can always get clearer. But yes. that's not going to necessarily improve the show. Yeah. It'll yeah. just be a clearer sound. And and I and I the the Apple earbud microphone and and as long as like if you're in a nice quiet room it actually and I use a Voice Record Pro Seven I believe it's called on my on my phone uh, and that like it, it records at a better quality than the iOS voice memo thing or at least the old voice memo I've been using that other app for like I don't know four years now so uh, that app and the microphone it actually records like like I said it's hard to tell the difference. Um, unless you're happen to be, sometimes I just, I uh, don't want to wait till I get to like a quiet spot and I'll just do it as I'm driving. Uh, and then you hear like the, you know, the car, you know, driving, or you hear the traffic in the background or my turn signals. And like, I, I always wonder, like, man, I wonder how much my audience hates me right now. Uh, but I come to expect that they expect the lazy from me. Well, it's good that you've given them that low bar. That's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the lowest of bars. I figure when your bars are low, like, then you're always just proud of yourself. When those expectations are high, you're just, you're going to be sad a lot. But I think that um, intimacy, that lack of polish is part of why people love podcasts so much and why people react to uh, the first season of Serial in the way that they did. Yeah. Because yeah. there was an intimacy, because she recorded stuff in her car, because mm-hmm. there was stuff that was staticky and things like this, and the, a feeling of intimacy and immediacy, even though yeah. all of it was recorded months in advance, uh, that if there was another level of polish onto the proceedings, wouldn't have had the same feeling. And I think we saw that when in season two, they got more polished and yeah. they kind of lost that intimacy um, and it was like, well, let's move Sarah Koenig out of the focus a bit more and put the focus more on the people we're interviewing. And it's like, well, I come here for Sarah. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's my in is my um, imagined relationship with her. as She's telling me the story. Um, so I think that the reaction to season two serial, which was more polished and more professional quotation marks uh but less effective uh because of that well i and i i can't even i couldn't tell you if i finished season two i couldn't tell you most people didn't yeah i i I couldn't tell you what the story was because i i i didn't care uh and 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 i probably wouldn't have equated it to that until just now when you 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 brought that up um season one though was remarkable and and i was already a a podcast guy yeah but like how do you feel like do you I always kind of point to serial as like the turning point for for podcasts going mainstream like it seems like that's what that pushed us into um although there's always been a million podcasts it just seemed like serial is what made my mom know what a <laughs> podcast was you know well i think serial was the first podcast that got people talking collectively um yes. like there's been a all because you had to have podcast exist for there to be two million listeners to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, these don't just come out of nowhere. Yes, um, yes. And so we all had to be talking about it at the same time in order yeah. for it to get that groundswell. And I think before, there had been very popular podcasts um, that had been within their own communities. Mm-hmm. And people 
within their own communities had talked about it. And Serial was the first one where people were talking beyond their own communities. Um, but it was like after Serial. Oh, yeah. Was... After Serial, it, it took over. It was yeah. very different. Well, um, and you started seeing like references to it in mainstream, like, uh, like I don't, I don't know if you watched Scream the TV series. No, um, I watched the first season, uh, and I, I was, I'm a huge Scream fan. I, you know, I point to Scream as like one of my all time favorite horror movies. It's one of the, it's like what got me into horror to begin with. Like, you know, I was, I'm, I'll be 34 this year, so. I scream came out at right the right time for, for like my generation to be like, Hey, this is my generation's Halloween or whatever. Sure. You know? And um, so like, I had a lot of like questions going into that TV show and that's why I wanted to watch it. But uh, not only did it end up being good, like it made it, like it, it, the, the reporter role in that, in that show now was a podcaster. Right. Uh, and, and, that like made so much sense in in the I don't know I will say twenty uh, sixteen maybe is when it come it came out I think um, so it made so much sense and and it was a post serial world where I, the the podcaster was very much playing like a young uh, like high school version of of, uh, of Sarah so. Uh, it was so cool that, and, and obviously Kevin Smith's a big podcaster. He, he made um, Tusk, uh, which references right, uh, right. you know podcasting. So, uh, and you know, I guess some people would question whether that's mainstream or not that movie, but I think <laughs> it is. Uh, and it, it's just cool that like I I feel and like now they're making like a, I think uh, 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 what's his name from Scrubs Zach uh, something another Braff. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zach Braff. I think he's like starting a show on ABC where he plays a podcaster. <laughs> like it's nuts. That is crazy. Well, but I, I think that's why to bring it back to me, which is uh, <laughs> what I would like to talk about. Uh, that's why the new format of the show, which is a fake interview, I think resonates with more people now than it would have if I had tried to do this uh, in 2005 uh, when I started because um we, that's a format we all know now. Everyone has yeah. a podcaster, listens to podcasts, or no, at least knows, has an idea. And there's also that NPR sound that I think a lot of people try to imitate. Um, and that like companies like Gimlet have gotten very successful in imitating and kind of packaging. And and of a reporter who's like a little halting is like, well, let me um, let me ask you something. And it's that sort of, uh, a lot of pauses and thinking about what you're saying <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> and that makes it feel more real, even though it's, it's as much of facade as uh, having everything written down and having a script. Um, but that elements, those elements are things are reference points. Now we all know them because we've all heard them. And um I think that's why a lot of people like the show in the current format because it's a, not quite a, I'm not parodying that style. I'm not making fun of it, uh, but I am using it to tell uh, different types of stories. Now, when, uh, when you do the, the, this version of voice um, of planet X is what's the process like obviously you're writing is, is first and foremost but when you and and when you're like in in 
prime production obviously you're you're kind of getting back into the swings now but let's say pre uh birth of your child um (laughs) when you're in prime production what's like the the timeline of from writing to final products uh well it helps to have a lot of scripts going at once because um everyone is volunteering their time as far as actors Mm -hmm. so um i can't demand they show up (laughs) <laughs> at six in the morning and let's do this. Um, so it's a, basically we're done around their schedules and the more ambitious the script is, obviously the longer it's going to take. Uh, there's an episode where um, it's a crossover with uh, my friend Chris Morse's podcast, Supervillain Corner. And so I have one of his characters who's a supervillain and one of my characters and my the character that I have is uh, a a Russian supervillain called Comrade Cockroach, and yeah, he's a leftover from the eighties and doesn't really have a place in this post-Soviet world, and that's that's his whole thing. Um, but he uh, he tells this he has a recording from when he talked to an old colleague from their supervillain days in the eighties, Ursa Major, who's a giant bear. <laughs> And Ursa Major is now like in charge of part of like a criminal organization in Russia. So it's all in Russian. And then over that, we have bored BBC style British uh, announcers saying the English dialogue. Um, So there was a lot of pre and post production with that episode because I had to write the script. I then had to have friends translate it into Russian. I then had to read it. I, I had them translate it phonetically into Russian. I should point that because I don't know how to read Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had they did it phonetically in Russian. I had to read it phonetically in Russian in my comrade cockroach voice. I then had a, another friend read the bear part in Russian. <laughs> and then we had to take that. I had two British friends read the same script but in bland British announcer voices that we then layered over that and then I had to put in uh, a tape whistle (laughs) underneath it to make it sound like found audio so there's some rattle and flip flips and distortions as we go in through it and then on top of that there's there's a part where it gets dramatic so a soundtrack comes in and all of that was for like maybe six or seven minutes of the show, but that was really important. <laughs> yeah, and the that's... result is really like, it sounds really good. It's one of my favorite episodes and it really came together well. Um, but it was so much work. And then there's like the first episode I did, uh, what they left behind, which is about people in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. That was all improv. I didn't have to do anything. I just showed up and I had these two amazing improvisers, uh, Jason Morningstar and Greg Jansen, and they just went at it. And then I just had to edit that down into something that, (coughs) excuse me, that's something that sounded uh, like a narrative as opposed to just an improvised ramble. Yeah. Uh, So it it varied from episode to episode. Um, And then there was like, uh, one mistaking our mirrors, which I did with Chris Morse again, 
where he was playing uh, a rich guy who has his own private, like a SpaceX rocket ship. Okay. And he yeah. goes into space and he meets aliens. And it's not about him meeting aliens. It's about me interviewing him meeting aliens. So there's actually no post-production. It's just us. <laughs> and it was just a script that I wrote and I handed to Chris. And Chris is such a talented actor. That, like, that's the one when I say, oh, well, some of the episodes are entirely improvised. I was like, I bet it was the one with Chris. And, and actually that one was totally scripted. And he's just really good at sounding like he's coming up with things right off the cuff. Uh, so, it, so it varies. Like some of them, some of them were really involved. Um, like uh, the end of season one had so much production stuff because I was jumping around uh, in time and like I hit on a war zone and then there was a ruined farm and then there was like the literal end of the universe and like all these sonic soundscapes that even when they were quiet had to sound different than the other quiet ones and and that was really involved and that was that wasn't hard to record uh because i could i called up a friend and we did one bit on skype another one came over to the house uh a third one uh did it it just recorded it and gave it to me and so that was not a difficult thing to record but it was a difficult thing to do in post the script came together pretty quickly though um a lot of the scripts do come together pretty quickly because they're it's easy to write dialogue for me yeah um so the the first part the ideas are very quick and then it depends on the episode uh what they entail and like i said i usually have i did had like a couple of them going on at once because like the the Russian stuff took forever just because people were volunteering their time to. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not a simple writer. <laughs> and so part of this is like, I didn't give them cat in the hat to translate into Russian. <laughs> like there was a lot of idioms and syncratices that they had to figure out the best way to do. And I told them like, it didn't really matter if they got things a little wrong or, because that would be part of the charm, but they were very dedicated into replicating the script as close as possible, which took them a long time. Uh, and I'm so grateful that they did it because the result is this really weird uh, piece of audio that uh, I had never heard before and was really happy that uh, I got to make. So, so when you were doing like season one and, and, and season two, um, where, where were you, uh, like banking a bunch of episodes since that you, there were varying degrees of how long it would take to get pleaded so that you could stay on some sort of schedule or do you just kind of release at whim? I tried to bank, uh, season two, everything fell apart. Um, <laughs> season one was mostly on schedule. I think I had a few burps. Uh, season two though is all over the place and it was just really hard to get people um, and there was a lot of stuff going on in my life at the time as well um, with uh, my wife being pregnant and just all sorts of things going on so it was really hard to uh, get those episodes together and, and they're actually they came out not in the order I wanted them to because oh, uh, some of them were done sooner than others. Um, like I wanted, like the first, 
three episodes of season two are the crossover of the Hidden Almanac, um, an episode about uh, Galactic Public Radio, the fake radio station I'm a part of, <laughs> and the various nice. alien shows that are, are there. And then there was another show that was about me, or, or the fake me, <laughs> Jared Axelrod in quotations, um, <laughs> and and the life that that character has. And I didn't want three episodes about the mythology of the show all squished together. I wanted some variation, but those were the ones that were done. Um, and then I got really lucky uh, that I had three actors just over at my house. And I was like, great, let's do this script. <laughs> and we got to record it as if it was like a play at my house, yeah. which oh, was cool. so amazing. I didn't have to edit other people's voices in or anything. They were all, we all recorded it together on one audio file. And that was just so wonderful. And I've never been able to arrange that to happen again, but it was really <laughs> great at the time. And so that one came up and that was supposed to be later in the season, but it was like, I got to put up something. Here we go. Um, it one's done. So we put it up and uh, that's a, that's an awfully big adventure. That's the one where I uh, postulate Peter Pan being a death cult. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I always wonder if people like there's stuff like that, which is, I don't know how subtle that is. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone listened yeah. to it and is like, that's an interesting take on Peter Pan or I wonder where Jared gets these ideas. I always wondered that. Um, I, I feel like I, like right now, like both are going through my head. <laughs> like, like it's, it is, it's an interesting take, but how did that get to your head? Um, well, it's uh, when you think about someone talking about flying, a lot of what they say is you have to let go of everything. And I'd been thinking about um, sort of this meditation idea of letting go of the ego and what that means and what that means of your personal identity. If you kind of let go of the ego and let go of self, um, who you are kind of melts away. And that's okay because you've let go of your ego and it doesn't matter. And so if you were to die, then it wouldn't bother you because who you are doesn't matter. Um, so if you let go of everything in order to fly, you are also letting go of your ego, which also means essentially dying. Um, and that's, that's that connection. And then it was like, Oh yeah, Peter Pan, of course. <laughs> Cause it was just starting. It was supposed to just be a flying person. Like that was the thing. Yeah. I was interviewing someone who said they could fly. And then with all of this, Peter Pan and the childhood and the fact that the Peter Pan story is about dead children. Um, yeah. I mean, like he's, he's described as being clothed in cobwebs. Uh, he's not, uh, Jim Perry is not subtle either. Uh, <laughs> we're both arm in arm with our lack of subtlety or too much subtlety. Cause I don't think a lot of people understand that, but anyway, it's uh, yeah. Cause you, I, I need to maybe, I guess I've like now realizing I've never like maybe read the original classics like Peter Pan. It and, is and I'm weird. Just kinda... It is weird in not a good way. Like it's a weird in a fever dream sort of way. Uh, like yeah, Disney cause... took a, did a lot to, to uh, kind of 
polish off the rough edges, and that's what people think of when they think of Peter Pan. But yeah, original, I was just saying, I was like, wait a second. The original play Peter and Pan. book are weird, and I, it's. I a, need to get that original book then. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's on like Project Gutenberg or whatever. You can read it. It's it's weird. Anyway, um, good weird. Yeah, it's it, good weird. I, it it's intrigues weird. me. Uh, definitely, because that, that intrigues me way more than the Disney version. Yeah, like it's way more metal. It's 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 pretty metal, but also like it's also racist and it's very oh. Victorian in that it's very metal and racist and about death. Uh, wow. Okay. So two out of three good things, right? And one very evil thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, one thing going back again, going back to me, uh, <laughs> one thing that I really like for these shows is to that those compound ideas. So it's mm-hmm. not enough to be about a guy who can fly and what that means. Um, it's also about metaphorically a larger thing about coping with death and um, a larger element of that. And like City of Sleep, which is about a city where people um, lose their memory every time they fall asleep. And so they wake up and they have no idea who they are. That's just a fun little idea. Mm. Um but also to use that to look in like the way we communicate with each other and the way, especially in this age of recorded communication with like cell phones and voicemails and things like that are who we're talking to is often out of sync with uh, when they listen. And that disconnect of lack of direct communication mirrored with this lack of connection to a previous identity was a lot of fun to play with and so stuff like that and then like i did a rap battle episode that was just me <laughs> wanting to do a rap battle <laughs> but it was also about uh the state of the universe and how easily we are manipulated by larger forces and fear and so yeah i this show i feel like the show works best when i'm tackling more than one idea at once and like squishing them together and seeing what happens when they fight. So, so what's the plan now that you're in, in pre pre-production with season three, are you just going to be like releasing, you know, when they're ready or are you going to bank a couple? Are you going to try to get back to a schedule? Well, I definitely going to get to a schedule. I'm not going to release them until they're done. Uh, okay. At the very least until there's all scripted. Cause that was a problem I ran into before but okay i definitely would like ideally everything is recorded uh-huh. and if i just have to edit and do post that's fine yeah. um that seems like the play with it with a, a, an audio drama i don't know it's i'm so fascinated by the idea of doing like these audio dramas because it's something that like in the back of my head like i would say probably if i've been doing this for 11 years maybe like nine years ago i was like how cool would it be to do a radio drama and i just cool. i've never done it yeah i just want to tell you it's very cool and you should try it um, yeah, it's something that's like, and I, I talked to Dave Steele uh, the other day, who was also doing a um, uh, a an audio drama, and uh, I just I feel like all signs are pointing to me talking to people, uh, meaning that I should that are doing this, meaning I should actually be doing this myself. Uh, you should do. Why it. is that so cool? Well, I think that's um, well, I think the human it's human nature to hear a story. Like that's how we yeah. start before we started writing them down, before mm-hmm. we started making movies and video games about these stories. 
we told them to each other. And that is very attractive to the human ear to hear someone else tell you a story um, and to create an a different reality than what was actually happening. Um, like a movie, but without the necessary budget, without the necessary crew, without the necessary rigmarole that you have to do in order to make a film, but just to do it with sound effects and music and really talented actors is just absolutely the best time. Um, And that actors like doing audio dramas because they don't have to show up in makeup or costume and they can hold the script. They don't have to memorize it. So I've been really fortunate and been able to be like, hey, would you like to do this thing? And they're like, I don't have to memorize anything. I can show up in my sweatpants. I'm there. Um, yeah, that sounds like a bonus. Yeah, so you get very talented people who just want to play around with you for an afternoon. And yeah. then you can take that and create something that feels like a big budget movie, but is something that you did for, you know, with a couple dollars of sound effects and some free music. Now, um, but as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I have a, a, a plenty more questions, but <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to keep it into the, the confines of the next five to ten minutes. Sure. Uh, so when you're writing these, because obviously it's complex to to get all these moving pieces into into a final product. Do, do you base your writing off of that? Like, do you try to keep it to as few characters as possible to make it easier? Yeah, but or I never do. Do you challenge yourself? Like, especially with the live shows, I am the worst with the live shows because everything has to be big because it's like, oh, a live show when it really doesn't. Uh, yeah. But like, like the first live show I did for Voice of Free Plan X was with the Philadelphia Podcast Festival three years ago. And it was too much, but it was so good. And it, the idea was that it was uh, the wake of a dead, essentially a superhero. It was a pulp hero, but superhero, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was there, the other superheroes around them kind of having this wake and talking about what this character meant for them and then trying to figure out the loss in there. And it was, and I had, and people showed up in costume and like we, we got the art church here in West Philly to, uh, let us do it there so it was in a nice space that felt that felt wake appropriate I guess Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I built a podium because I couldn't find one and I needed the podium there for some reason uh, and it turned out great that we had a podium there because it meant that it gave people a place to rest their scripts uh, yeah. and they didn't have to hold them and that's been a problem ever in every live show since because I don't have a podium of yeah. people <laughs> are holding their scripts and it's like oh it was so good when we had a podium. Uh, yeah, so yeah, probably going to bring script. the podium to Amalgam. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it was so useful. But It seems like it's a good a good way to hide the, the, the script. Yeah. So, um, so that was great. But it meant a lot of rehearsal. It meant... Yeah. Uh, and there was five actors, not including me. And uh, so we rehearsed at my house. We rehearsed in the space. There was blocking that we had to figure out. And it was so much. It was so much. And there was like, it didn't need to be that big, but I wanted it to be. And then the next one is like, all right, this is not going to be as big. I'm only going to have like a couple actors and it'll be much smaller. And that, of course, was the rap battle, which meant even more rehearsal 
because it is not easy to rap if you no. are not a rapper. Uh, if yeah. you have not put in the years of training, it is uh, difficult to just give that to an actor and say, speak in rhythm quickly. <laughs> It's it's nuts because there's literally like something that I'm kind of working on uh, that relates to rap battling, and I'm in the same boat because like person one is really good rapper, like uh, I can't say it on air, but like like a guy, like yeah, a dude sure. who's been rap, yeah, and and then there's me. <laughs> who uh spoiler alert not a rapper it's easier if you write those yourself i found like i had an easier time than anyone else because i've written the script um because of course i had to rap too if there was going to be a rap battle um anyway yeah and so that was big and then the, the last year again i was trying to be small and i had people in alien makeup i had time travel involved so one of the actors was constantly running back and forth across the stage at different periods in their life so that they had to remember to have a head bandage on or not have a head bandage on. And that was, that was stellar. I really enjoyed that performance last year. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We had so much fun. We had so much fun, but it was a lot of work and I'm hoping to kind of draw that back a little bit. Uh, The live show we just did, had 10 actors in it though and i was (laughs) to be fair most of it was back and forth with me and another one just two really (coughs) and then we had people stand up in the audience and sit and give questions uh but that was still it was still so much and it's just an i can't help myself i think big you like to have that challenge i do i do like but at the same time like my favorite episodes are the simple ones like yeah. Uh, there's one where uh, I've, oh, I'm so glad I get to work there, but uh, Whitney Strix Beltran uh, plays a, a recurring character. And we had a whole episode where her from the future has a whole monologue about what has happened to her in between the her that we know and this different future version. And so it's essentially just a monologue of her talking. It's not, I put in some background music, but it's not got the bells and whistles of the other stuff. And it's one of my favorite episodes in part because of her performance, which is so amazing. So like, I am happier with the simpler stuff in the (laughs) end, but that's not how I think. Uh, And even that was like a big thing. It was a difficult thing to write. And it was, uh, I knew I was giving her a lot to do uh, when I was taking so much off my own shoulders so so that was big in its own way it just wasn't big for me it was big for her um but you know i mean so it goes yeah that it sounds it's so neat i love that that you're doing this and and uh it's i I do have uh, one final question before we 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 kind of wrap things up here uh because I'm, i'm thinking as a writer now uh is have you ever taken like any of the maybe smaller stories that you've done in, in the audio format uh, or do you plan on ever taking some of the smaller stories and like expanding upon them in the, in like an actual like short story or, or novella or, or a full on novel. I thought about that. Uh, definitely with the wake of the lacuna, the one about the superheroes in morning. Cause I do think that's one of the best things I've written. Um, but, Really, the podcast is for me to deal with these little ideas that 
can't be bigger. Okay. I, like that's the reason that they're in the podcast is because like okay. I can't figure out how to make a short story out of them. Like I have these ideas, mm. and it's like I don't know if they're gonna work for something bigger. So let's just do a, an audio episode with them and have fun with it. And then if I do come back to it, great. If I don't, uh, I won't. Because like uh, Oddfellows Local, which is an episode I won a Parsec Award for. Awesome, awesome. Uh, for best uh, best short story of the year, uh, okay. which was pretty great. But um, that is uh, those characters who are these oddball kind of self-styled mystery men-esque superheroes who don't have superpowers. They're just people uh, who dress up funny and, and think of themselves as superheroes. Like I had been wanting to tell a story with them for over a decade. And like, I had these oddball characters and I had no story. I didn't know what to tell. <coughs> so in the end, I was like, <coughs> Let's say they saved the world and no one noticed. And <laughs> that and I'm I'm interviewing now them about how they saved the world and no one noticed. And like there's your story. That's and so I got yeah, and I got to use these characters finally. But it took forever and I had like planned to maybe do a comic with them or or something and it just never came together cuz they were just these oddballs as you might imagine from the title. Yeah. But they didn't have, I didn't have a story uh, until I just let them talk for themselves. And then I was like, there, we have an episode. And now I feel like if I never do anything with these characters ever again, it'll be fine because I've done that. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, there's, I think my problem when I like doing all these different like short forms is that I always like, whenever I think of like one little nugget of an idea, I'm like, okay, how can I make that bigger? And how can I make that stretch into whatever I want to stretch? Like I would be, I don't, I would never get, see, that's my fear of starting an audio drama. I just, I'll never get anything done because I'll, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll think about how I want to make it even bigger. <laughs> just do it just yeah. do it like I was talking to a friend of mine recently who I'd known since college and he was like one thing that I liked about you in college and that I see you're still doing is you're just doing stuff without worrying about the consequences like maybe it'll be crappy or maybe it'll be good and you just do it anyway and I've always liked that about you and that was really nice of him to say and so I would say just do it. Just do it. Maybe it will turn out crappy or too big or you won't get anything done. But if you do it and you finish it and you put it out there, at least you'll know that you've done it and that you can at least let that little brain itch rest yeah, and move on to the next one. Yeah, and that's like good advice just for like any, like whether it's audio drama, writing a book or, or <coughs> doing Absolutely. anything. Yeah. It's the secret to my somewhat successful writing career. Um, yeah. Is that just just keep doing it and like there's always a place for something if you finish it. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, everything has an audience. It may be one person, it may be ten million, but everything has an audience. Uh, wow, Jared, this was such a fun conversation. And oh, it's great. Yeah, uh, I I've never been so excited. Excited. I, like I want to say this is one of my favorite conversations. You're one of my favorite guests. Simply. Oh, because, thank you. Simply because, well, a just the what learning about uh planet x the, the, you know 
more than I have because I've only ever seen the live performance. I've kind of always put Planet X on on the the background of. I think it's. I think I've been subscribed to it and it's been downloading like just on my feed since at least last year. Uh-huh. Uh, and and maybe I guess if you haven't released anything. So you, know, you haven't had anything. Yeah, but uh, I, 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 like the wake, the superhero wake, and like the the oddballs, like that. Those two particular, and the and anything with time travel, really, like yeah. everything's just like everything. Like now that I've talked to you, I can finally say, all right, I can go binge those episodes now because uh, I like to I like to not listen to anything until until I have a, a like a raw conversation with my guests and. Uh, so, and you just, uh, you blew my mind 12 years in the, in the, in the game. Uh, and that blows my mind as someone who's done it for 11 years. So yeah, this has been such a great conversation for me personally. Uh, I hope oh, everyone else enjoyed I, it. So oh, yeah. I had, a, I had lots of fun. So, uh, and I'm excited to hear what you think, uh, when you actually oh, binge it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's, I, I literally, at least unless i have to listen to anything beforehand i'm really interested in that superhero wake one like that oh yeah that one is completely self-contained uh okay. the wake of the lacuna that is episode 22 okay uh so it's relatively recent going backward in the feed you can find it pretty easily it's really good and if people are subscribed to my patreon uh that's at patreon.com slash axelrod there's a video we recorded the whole performance and you can um, yeah. find that there if you want to see the really amazing physical performance and the costumes that people did. And I, I have to say, just based off the tattooed mom performance alone, like if you're if you're a fan of Planet X uh, or of any of Jared's work, like definitely go to that Patreon because, I mean, this is the way me and several other people have described Patreon at at, at most or at minimum really is what I mean is it's like $12 a year. If you're doing a dollar a month, which is less than a cup of coffee that you're, you're sacrificing uh, that $12 that, that you're donating for the year means way, way more to, to people like Jared than, than that dollar a month you're losing that you'll never even realize you're losing. And a dollar a month is all it takes to see the video. Um, so there you go. Yeah. And if you, oh. if you want, and there's more fiction and, audio stuff on there for uh higher levels etc cetera, etc cetera. but absolutely people should check that out at the very least listen to the podcast which is free uh yeah. planetx.lipson.com uh so yeah so and we've already talked about podcast fest but let's give those dates one more time sure it's the 23rd um 4 p.m amalgam comics june 23rd not july but june <laughs> 23rd at amalgam comics 4 p.m um come see me interview lucifer who is the morning star uh who oh i i can't wait for that i'm really excited that's it's always fun to work with russell but then last year when he came out as lucifer in the middle of the show and we had a bunch of fans there who knew who he was and what he was doing and they gave him that applause and it was like oh well we have to have lucifer be the main focus next year and low, so shall it be. That's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I think I remember Loose for part of last year. And I do. I'm glad. Yeah. I remembered. I remember properly. Uh, and and where else can people find you uh, out there on the internet? Uh, JaredAxelrod.com is uh, the place to get the links to everything. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> if you want to see my other stuff, my comics and my fiction writing, that's a good place to there. Uh, I'm Planet X on Twitter, uh, Facebook search for my name one of like four Jared Axel you'll figure out which one's the right one 
<laughs> I mean, if you really want to follow me on Facebook, I'm not sure there's anything interesting there. Oh, yeah. Pictures of my daughter is the main thing it's, I do. And, is and Facebook fo- worth anything else anymore? The right. I, I literally had a, a a like an argument with somebody that wasn't even a friend of mine, like on someone else's someone else's post. I feel like Facebook to me. I don't know if if you've seen this. It feels like everyone on Facebook is it swings way to the to the right and then twitter is the happy home of, of sane people who who uh, understand that hate is bad well i think that it all depends on who you're following on facebook sir because um, because <laughs> um, all of my facebook feed is people way on the left complaining about other people on facebook who i never see because i don't follow them not those assholes um <laughs> But I will say, if you are on Facebook already, there is a really good uh, Voice of Free Planet X community, Voices of Free Planet X, where when the show was going on and when it will start going on again, there was a really nice conversations going on in there. So that's something you should check out and join uh, because that will, uh, there's cool discussions that when the show starts again. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I love Twitter. So and and you, like I said, and that's where I saw your uh, to go back to the beginning of the show. Your your little um, rant <laughs> about the story you created with this game. So uh, definitely go on uh, Twitter and follow Jared uh, at Planet X. It's uh, it's it's an amazing feed. Uh, when when I, when I especially like when I see something like one little piece of nugget and I go into the thread or I go into the to the to the actual page, your profile, and, and I get lost. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, that's what I uh, try to do with all of my creative endeavors is make people get lost. Yes. Um, uh, okay, Jared, I, I, I want to let you go. It's late. You're, 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 uh, I'm sure you have to get up early and be a, a wonderful parent to your baby uh, girl and uh, who is adorable, by the way. I, oh, thank I, you. I do, I do pay attention to the, to the your, uh, what is it, Wednesday on Wednesday? Uh, yes, your Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday yeah, is a delightful child. Uh, I love her so much, and she does get up early. <laughs> All right. That being said, uh, everything that Jared talked about will be in the show notes, so you won't have to worry about uh, memorizing anything that was said. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, Jared. This was such a fun conversation. Oh, I had a blast. Okay. Big, big thanks to Jared for coming on the show. She was a wonderful guest, wonderful conversationalist, Funny, uh, an amazing, amazing person, and I am super excited that we finally made this interview happen. Uh, we tried booking it last year, but her daughter was just born, um, or, or shortly, uh, was a couple months old, toddler, uh, an infant, and her sleep schedule and, and whatnot was, was out of whack. So we weren't able to make last year happen. Uh, we made this year happen. Uh, as you can tell, there is so much to talk about that I would love to have Jared on again and just have um, and, and, and finish that conversation. Uh, we'll, we'll try to make it happen uh, in less than a year. But, you know, I can guarantee you that for the next festival we get Jared on here. She was amazing conversations and has amazing stories and amazing tips. And, and just, um, again, just, an ama- I, I really appreciate people who are, um, amazing storytellers and, and that's something that she's been doing for, uh, longer than me when it comes to podcasting. And then definitely not only longer than me in writing, but also actually like publishing stuff on like 
what I do. I just let it sit there. Uh, so, uh, super excited, you know, check out her show live at the podcast festival, um, on June 23rd at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Uh, full schedule for the podcast festival is on phillypodfest.com slash schedule. And I'll tell you what, I think the 23rd is a stacked day. There's such, so many talented podcasters on the 23rd opening up the festival officially on that weekend. Yes, there's a show at uh, Good Good Comedy on the 22nd, but for me, it's always the Saturday that kicks off the festival uh, because that's where the bulk of your shows are. And there's such an amazing, talented group of podcasters that day across three or four different venues. Uh, and uh, go check it out, phillypodfest.com slash schedule. And I'll tell you what, make sure you go to uh, the July 1st schedule and take note. Uh, Everything is Awesome is opening up the last day of the festival at Tattooed Mom. We're kicking things off. It's going to be a fun day. Mike and I started planning things. We have some, we, we, we have some good games planned uh we're finalizing our guests still um and and uh it's just gonna be a really really good time i'm super excited uh for the festival um we're gonna be playing we're gonna be giving out prizes and not just the normal telus prizes that we normally give out uh and and random stuff uh we're looking at cash prizes we're looking at um sponsored prizes and stuff like that so uh make sure you check it out uh for more details, keep on listening to the show, awesomepodcast.com, uh, or at that nerdy Kev on Twitter is where I'll likely announce a lot of things. Uh, and of course, our Facebook events, um, which I don't have the link for, but uh, if you go to the Philly Podcast Festival um, Facebook page, I believe our event is listed under their list of events. Uh, so check it out. The festival's going to be a great time. Make sure you support this show by going to patreon.com slash that entertains, leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and of course, and of course, word of mouth recommendations. Um, and more importantly, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening. If you're still listening to this, you know, outro right now, um, thank you. you. You've listened past the interview, and, and you're listening to me just kind of do some more housekeeping and whatnot and thanking my guest. Um, but that's important to me. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you spent the last hour and change uh, with Everything is Awesome. Time is valuable, uh, especially when there's so much content out there to to take in. And the fact that you spent the last hour uh, with me and Jared uh, or me and another guest on another show. And if you're here week in and week out uh, or if you're here once a month, if you're here twice a month, whatever it is, if you're here listening to us every now and then or every week or as you know, the month of June has proven uh, multiple times a week, then thank you so, so much. And um, I, that's, that's a ton of support and, and any extra support you throw our way, I do greatly appreciate. Uh, that's all I have for now. Make sure you find us on CoreTempArts.com. We are part of the CoreTemp Arts Podcast Network. We, of course, can be found on our homepage, AwesomePodcast.com, at RealAwesomePod on Twitter. As I said earlier, at that nerdy Kev is where you can find me on Twitter, is where I'm a little bit more interactive and less uh, promoting. I still promote things, but it, there's other interaction there. And uh, thank you once again. Uh, and you know what? We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.